All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. Unfortunately, Joe couldn't join us today uh, to preview Kansas State. He had some voice issues, but it's still preview time for Texas Tech looking ahead to Kansas State on Saturday. And there are a lot of reasons to be very optimistic and a lot of reasons to be pessimistic. We'll cover the recent trends between Tech and K-State and blackout games in general. Take a look at stats from each team on the last three games, what's made each team tick, and why Tech can exploit Kansas State, and then some reasons beneath the stats that Kansas State could have the advantage over Texas Tech. So coming into this one, Texas Tech opened as about one-point favorites. It's moved to one and a half. It hasn't moved much since Monday, but Texas Tech has struggled against Kansas State in the past. They are 1-9 and nine in the last 10. There's been a lot of close games, don't get me wrong. But they have not won since 2015. So what happened for Texas Tech in that one? Well, Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback and DeAndre Washington was the running back, which certainly helps a lot in a 14-point win. Mahomes went for 33 of 42 with 384 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and a rushing touchdown. But the key to it, was DeAndre Washington with 27 carries, 248 yards, and three touchdowns leading the way for Texas Tech. It's been tough sledding against Kansas State, and the all-time series isn't bad. Now, to be fair, Kansas State was very bad at football for a very long time, although Tech, to be fair, has been very bad at football for the past decade or so. Not quite on Kansas State's 80s, 70s levels, but they haven't been good. And that's also shown in the blackout games because it is a blackout for Tech against Kansas State. They have not won a true blackout game since either 2014, 2013. And now, you're going to have to bear with me on some of these. Going back through the schedules, Texas Tech quit listing whether it was a blackout game or they just started listing it in 2021. So I ignored 2020 since that was a COVID year. Fans weren't completely in the stadiums. In 2022, they lost 45-17 to Baylor. 21 was 23-0 against Oak State. 2019, they actually lost to Kansas State, 30-27, one of those close losses Tech has had against Kansas State as of late. 2018, they lost by 5 to OU. 2017, close loss to Oklahoma State. 2016, lost again to Baker Mayfield and OU. 2015, they lost to Oklahoma State. And to be fair, I'm not quite sure that was a blackout. A lot of these I had to just look at pictures and see what the crowd was wearing. But it's been a really bad trend for Texas Tech against both Kansas State or and on blackout games. However, there are a lot of stats coming into this game. And coming into it, I thought Kansas State's rush defense was going to be just insane. And Tech was going to have to air the ball out a bit more than they have in their last few games. After looking at the stats, I'm not 100% sure that's the case. So as I said, Baron Morden has been a bit of a game manager as of late, and you could tell something is off with him. His shoulder's not 100% right. That is obvious to anybody who's watching the games. But he has been good. He has been dropping... Even with being a game manager, he's had some really great back shoulder throws. He had that great throw to Mason... Baylor Cup on Saturday 
And in the last two games, he is 33 of 48, 341 yards, five touchdowns, one interception with a rushing, rushing touchdown. So last two games, really just being a game manager, he has six touchdowns to one turnover. Kansas State has not looked great by any stretch in their passing defense. This is where Kansas State is certainly the most vulnerable. They allowed 235 yards to Allen Bowman. Timmy McClain, who is a backup quarterback for UCF, only threw the ball 24 times. He only completed it 14 times, and he still went for 264 yards with three touchdowns and a pick. Brady Cook for Missouri, really the only guy that you knew would be a starter, the only certified Power 5 starter out of these three guys was 23 of 35 for 356 yards with two touchdowns and no turnovers against them. No interceptions. He may have had a fumble in there. But what that shows me, this team is vulnerable. If Barron's shoulder can even get closer to being healthy, and it looked healthier against Baylor than it was against Houston, he was willing to take a deep shot or two. And he doesn't need to be airing it out 50, 60 yards. But if he can go hash to sideline, far hash to far sideline, and go 40, 20 yards, 40-yard total throw, that could, be, that could be enough to exploit this team. The receivers are also going to need to get separation, and that's been an issue. Koi Aiken, he's had a couple drops. Koi Aiken, I'm sorry. He's had a couple drops since coming back into this team, but he has shown flashes. Jerram Bradley has been pretty quiet. Really, it's been Miles Price leading the way for Texas Tech for the most part. I mean, he had 10 catches against Baylor. It seems like he's his favorite target. And wouldn't you know, I said just a week ago that I thought there could be a big connection between Fungi and Morton after Fungi's touchdown against Houston. And then he goes out and gets no receptions against Baylor. Really didn't get many opportunities Somebody on this team needs to step up. Somebody in this receiving core needs to get separation and be able to make a play because this Kansas State secondary is just begging to be exploited. They are begging to be exploited this week. And you have a quarterback now who, depending on his health, depending on how healthy that right shoulder is, is a guy that is more than willing to air the ball down the field and take shots deep and really get after the secondary. If his shoulder is healthy, this could be a massive game for Baron Morton. And Kansas State, this would possibly be the best quarterback they've played this season. Definitely the best since Brady Cook. Now on the flip side of it, Will Howard has been struggling for for Kansas State. And this is where I get into the weakness on weakness thing. So the last one was kind of weakness on weakness. Neither team's been able to throw the ball a ton the past few weeks and Kansas State no different against Oklahoma State he was 15 of 34 for 152 yards with one touchdown and three picks against UCF he was 27 of 42 255 yards no touchdowns one pick which is not a bad game but not a great game his last good game was three week three four weeks ago against Missouri where he went 25 of 39 270 three touchdowns with a pick. On the season, he has nine touchdowns to seven interceptions, and the last two games in Big 12 play, 
He's only completing 55.3% of his passes. And this was a guy that many people had coming back as the best quarterback in the Big 12, and we have not seen that. He has looked kind of like Blake Shapin from last year. It's been that similar fall-off. It's been a backup quarterback wins the conference title and then comes out and has a slump the next year. And now Blake Shapin, the reason to be concerned if you're a Tech fan, the best game he had last year was in Lubbock in a blackout situation. So hopefully that doesn't happen two years in a row, but this is very vulnerable. And Texas Tech's pass defense, the numbers I feel like are a bit misleading. So they gave up 324 yards to Shapin, 355 to Smith, only 78 to Mark Eel, which makes sense, and 359 to Bo Nix. They got two picks versus Mark Eel, hasn't haven't had a turnover since they've given up a total in those games of eight touchdowns, eight passing touchdowns in the past four games against Power 5 p- opponents. This is one, this is the most experienced area for Tex Tech, is in this secondary. This is a game that they need to step up. They're going to need some turnovers. They do, they're going to need to get at least an interception. They haven't had one the past two weeks, which has been rare. After turning it on with two picks against West Virginia, a few picks against Tarleton State, and a pick against a pick or two against Wyoming, maybe a fumble recovery. But this is one where Texas Tech really needs to start turning the ball over. They really need to put pressure on Will Howard. And there is, there's not much on the boundaries for Kansas State. There really isn't. When you look at their outside and, and honestly their slot receivers too, there's not a ton of production there. Their most dangerous threat is going to be Ben Sinnott, the uh, tight end in the passing game. And I don't know who's going to cover him. That's going to be an issue for this coaching staff. I don't think that you surrender safety help to the outside receivers. You're going to need to ask your corners, Dunlap and Williams and Lux, to go win their matchups on the outside. And then who covers Senate is going to be the question. Do you put a linebacker on him? Is it Pierre? Because he did used to play outside linebacker. Is it Ben Roberts, which I wouldn't quite trust in coverage against Senate yet. It, I hope that they don't go ahead and put a data raid um, as a corner on Senate. I, because they did that some against Houston. It didn't work out great. That's kind of why you got torched in the first half. I'm hoping they don't do that. And now the question of the run game. And this was one that I thought Tech would maybe need to go away from a bit. And I still think that you're going to see them run the ball less than they did against Baylor and Houston. But I don't think... It's not one that you need to completely abandon. So this is all excluding quarterbacks and for tech i did put in i i only use the running backs i didn't use xavier wide in these stats because know the team a bit better can differentiate a lot easier but kansas state against oklahoma state went for 4.1 yards a carry against missouri they went for 4.7 and against ucf they went for 6.6 they have two good two really good running backs they have two really good running backs so in the run game kansas state they have two backs. They really don't have anybody outside of their top two backs. They have Giddens, who has 85 touches on the year, is averaging six touches, six yards a touch. And then they have Treshawn Ward, the transfer from Florida State, who I think I called by the wrong name earlier this week, so my bad there. But he has 45 touches for 4.8 yards carry. 
They don't have another guy on that roster that has five-plus carries. They don't have another back on that roster with five-plus carries. So it's really going to be about containing those two. And I think Texas Tech is in a good position to do that. When you look at this rush defense against just Power 5 schools, Baylor had 1.9 yards a carry, excluding quarterbacks. It would have been less if you'd taken all of Blake Shapin's sacks. Houston had 3.8 yards a carry. That is the most Texas Tech has given up this season to a Power 5 team. The next closest was West Virginia at 3.1 yards a carry. Then Oregon only got 3 yards a carry, even with a good running back. This run defense will be tested more this week than they have so far this season. But this run defense can stand up to Kansas State. This is a legitimately dangerous run defense that Texas Tech has. And when you look at Texas Tech on the offensive side of the ball, against Baylor, Houston, and West Virginia, you had 5.2 yards of carry against Baylor. 7.1 yards a carry against Houston, and 6.2 against West Virginia. Kansas State, so you have three three games against Power 5 opponents, your last three, that have more yards a carry than Kansas State's last two games. And when you look at Kansas State's rush defense, against Oklahoma State, they gave up 4.6 yards a carry. Against UCF, it was 5.8 yards a carry. Against Missouri, it was 4 yards a carry. Their best game against Power 5 opposition defensively is worse than your worst game against Power 5 opposition. Their best game was giving up four yards a carry, excluding quarterbacks. Your worst game was 3.8, 3.9, and your second worst was 3.1. It has, the more I look at it, the more I think that this is a run-the-ball type of game and one where I'm not overly afraid of their rush defense. I think that this game is going to come down to the trenches. And part of the reason I say that is both teams have 14 sacks on the season. Tech and Kansas State both have 14 sacks on the season. Kansas State has only allowed seven sacks this year. And now, to be fair, you put yourself in a lot more opportunities to get sacked earlier in the year. But this is a situation where you, I don't, you obviously aren't going to get six sacks like you did last week against Baylor. But can you get two, three sacks against Kansas State? If you can get three sacks on Kansas State, I think that you chalk this off as an absolute win. If you can get three sacks, I think that puts you in a good position to win this game. If you can get two, I think even better. Or not even better, but I still think you'd be okay. But they're going to have to get to Will Howard. They're going to have to put him under pressure. I do want to see a good amount of blitzes, especially on third down. I don't know if Steve Linton on the edge is a guy that you want there on first and second down. But on third down with the pass rush, I definitely want Linton on the edge. When it's an obvious running down, I'd probably go with the Daterade on that right side or left side. But, man, when it is... When it is a passing down, Steve Linton is hot right now. you got to keep him out there on the field. So in summary, passing-wise, this is a game that Bear Morton's healthy. He can really get after him. I think this could be a bounce-back game for either Will Howard or Texas Tech's defense. And now, Tech's defense only gave up one touchdown in the last six quarters. So the pass defense has not been bad. It wasn't bad against West Virginia at all. But this could be one where the stats really start to show 
that your pass defense is better than what what it's showing right now. Because going through the stats, seeing Shapen get over 350 yards, I mean, they weren't getting anything going in the running game, so it really didn't matter a ton. They were back behind the sticks, and they gave up six sacks going for all those yards. But rushing-wise, you have a better rush defense than Kansas State does. And I know that's weird to say. Texas Tech has a better rush defense than Kansas State does. And the stats, I I mean, are extremely conclusive on that. The problem is this is going to be the best back that you faced in Big 12 play. The best duo of running backs in Big 12 play. And I think that they're a little bit more similar than what Taj Brooks and Cameron Valdez is. So if Texas sticks with the run game, I think that you could see some holes break. And Kansas State, by the way, did give up some big big plays in the rushing game the last few weeks. This is an opportunity for Taj Brooks to break this defensive front down and for Cameron Valdez to exploit the holes. I think that this could... Now, I don't think the numbers are going to be nearly as big as they were in the Houston game because Kansas State's defense is still way better than Houston. But I think that this could be a game where Kansas State or you can exploit them in this and mix in some play-action passes. I think you're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more because this secondary... I'm sorry. This secondary is just begging to be exploited right now. And if your receivers can get some separation, you can definitely exploit them. Now, the only concern for Tex Tech is we have not fared well with rushing quarterbacks. Markiel got his yards on us. Donovan Smith got his on us. Blake Shapin was practically being killed all night so he didn't get to do much but Bo Nix was able to run on you Presley was able to run up on you up in Laramie Will Howard can also run he has he had 10 carries for 104 yards last week seven carries for 64 yards against UCF and then he got sacked a lot against Missouri so you do have a mobile quarterback there and if they decide to phase in Avery Johnson a bit who is a highly touted recruit which if you listen to Kansas State people they'll tell you it doesn't matter if we redshirt him or not he's going to be he's going to be gone after three or four years anyway they believe that he is NFL material and almost a lock to go to the NFL if he gets in the game somebody and this is one thing we've struggled with we haven't done well with spies so far this year Ben Roberts and Josiah Pierre are very new to that inside linebacker position if Avery Johnson is in the game, if Will Howard is using his legs, that is where Kansas State can beat Tex Tech. Pretty much everything else is an opportunity for Tex Tech to get at Kansas State. But in that quarterback run game, when you don't want Baron Morton to get hurt, you're not going to be running with your quarterback much. Kansas State, they are more than willing to run with their quarterback, and they know if their quarterback takes a knock, if Will Howard goes down, they have a capable backup that honestly maybe the better fit to beat Tex Tech in this game. If I was a Kansas State fan, I would be hoping to see Avery Johnson, not because of injury, obviously, but I would be hoping to see Avery Johnson if I was a Kansas State fan because he's the guy that can really exploit Tex Tech because Tex Tech has been very weak against QB runs so far this season, and that has to be something that's been in DeRuiter's game plan all week. So overall, I think there's a lot of areas that Kansas State can exploit, or that Tech can exploit Kansas State if they continue what they're doing on the ground, if 
if Baron Morton's shoulder's healthy and they have receivers get separation, I still think that he can torch them on a couple back shoulder throws, even if that shoulder's not quite healthy. But I think his role is going to need to increase. But Taj Brooks still needs to be getting 20 yards of carry. And defensively, man, this is a great opportunity for the secondary to have a game. It's a great opportunity for Will Howard from Kansas State's perspective to have a bounce-back game. And, man, it's going to be a lot of fun watching this defensive front and front seven go up against, against Kansas State's duo in the backfield. This is going to be... Really, it's week on week, strong on strong, with a lot of opportunities for them to exploit each other. But that's going to do it for this one. The more I dive into this game, the more confident I feel in Tex Tech. But man, this is, it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be tied into the fourth. These games against Kansas State always are. And we'll be back next week to recap it and then preview the BYU Cougars. And this one really is a knockout game in the Big 12 race.